guys, Princess here, and welcome to another episode of Bye Pumpkin. Um, it has been a very long day. Um, I it's one of the soccer Saturdays. I'm I have two more after this. Kids doing great at soccer. The little ones can't play anymore. Remember? Did I tell you guys that they can't play anymore because uh, they consolidated some teams, and now their games occur at the same time as my older boys, but not in the same place. So older boys cha- team didn't move. Also, the older boys are actually playing and not staring into the sky. So the older boys get to keep their soccer. Little boys don't play anymore. That's great. One less to practice, one less game on Saturdays. So, you know, we went to soccer today. It was in a, a nice field that had like, um, the soccer fields are separated by, I want to say the word pasture, but I don't think it's big enough to be called a pasture. But there are all these trees so that you can like kind of set a picnic type thing underneath a tree and watch your kid play soccer. And he had a great time. Uh, turtle scored a goal. Um, Cheek stole a ball from somebody. They did great. They did great. Um, so after that, we came back. We had lunch. Um, we watched Wild Babies. A little bit more Wild Babies because we we're trying to take our time with it. Wild Babies is on Netflix. It's like, um, it's just... Uh, it's like a wildlife show, but it follows different babies of wildlife as they get through their their most challenging days. And I gotta fucking tell you, it's hard to be a fucking seal pup, guys. It's fucking hard. Your mother leaves for a week at a time. Nobody else in the, I don't know what they call a bunch of seals, but no, no, they don't fuck with you. They don't fuck with you. Those 500 pound men, the, the, the daddies, they're done. They don't even look at you. All they want to do is fight and fuck. And if you're not going to be one, helping them do one of those things, they ain't fucking with you. Even my kids were like, that's that's hardcore. Yeah, it is hardcore. Like, so then the mother has to leave for like a week at a time to get enough food so she can nurse this baby. And she tells the baby to stay there, but he doesn't. Next thing you know, a fucking hyena's biting him. His name is Tabo. Is it Tabo or Tabu? Tabo. We're all screaming, Tabo, he's behind you, Tabo. You should have stayed with your mother told you to stay. His mother shows up, thank goodness. Um, there's a lot of hyena scenes in this, but there's, what did we watch so far? We watched Tabo. And the bigger Tabo gets, the more she's got to go out to get food. And she's got to leave. There's a sandstorm at one point. She just had to lay through it. Wild. Hyena came back with two more. Like, <laughs> shit, you think your life's hard. <sighs> but there's um, three lion cubs. Um, what, what else do we do? Oh, this cute little elephant. Oof. Um, with the lion cubs, I'm learning a lot about lions, the way lions live. I was not aware. Um, just to be clear, some of these animals die. Also, um, at one point, these three lion cubs are like literally inside a zebra carcass. Like the lions at all time have blood all over them. <laughs> so, I mean, which is accurate. <laughs> So what they're kind of known for, but, 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 you know, we watching a Lion King and then we turn on this shit and error and all the lines are smeared in fucking blood at all times. Like the face of the mama lion is just blood. <laughs> like, by the way, we watched the Lion King too. What would happen is we started watching this. We watched one episode and I was like, guys, we got to save it. We got to save it. We got to save it. You know, we're all screaming at, at it like we're black people at the movie theater. By the way, that is a stereotype that black people talk to the movie. We actually do really enjoy that, but it's a stereotype. I don't do it at the movie theater because go back and listen to last week's episode when we talk about respectability politics and how it has a death grip on black people, how we want to act, 
a certain type, certain types of black people want to act right so that we can be seen as worthy. And one of those things is my parents taught me never to talk in a movie theater because you know, you'll be like the other blacks. So, but when I can talk is at, is with my kids in the living room and girl, we be talking. This is basically America's uh, uh, funniest home videos. You know how Bob Saget would just make voices and, and like talk for everybody. <laughs> We're doing that. <laughs> We're doing shit like that. Um, another thing, <laughs> at the end of every evening, and I do this cause my kids are lame and they beg for it because they don't know any better. They don't know how fucking corny I am. But at the end of the night, our younger dog's name is Stella. Stellita um, is what we call her. And at, towards the end of the evening, kids will be like, please, mommy, make Stellita talk. And I'll be like, okay, Stellita. Um, Stellita, when she gets to talking, she's obsessed with Selena. She loves to dance to Selena songs. She uh, she loves to do the washing machine. She- <laughs> And her favorite hobby is to look up online when Yolanda Salazar will be released so we can be outside and whoop her ass. And she talks about the moves she's going to do with Yolanda Salazar, how she's going to do a roundhouse kick on Yolanda Salazar so she see her for Selena. <laughs> Basically, Stelita, that's all she talks about. And then she fake types on the computer of looking up Yolanda's release date. The kids love this, partially because... Uh, not last year. I think it was the last the year before. I showed them Selena, and they love the movie. I mean, they, they were having such a good time watching this movie, and they're dancing. They love the songs. They're just great. They're just having a great time. I was like, yeah, and that's when she played and here, and that's when she did this, and they're like, oh goodness gracious, um, and that's her brother. He writes the songs. <laughs> I don't actually don't remember, know if he writes the songs. I just have a I just have a feeling he was writing the songs, but whatever, and the music stuff. And that's her sister. She played the drums. They're best friends. And like, so we're having a good time watching it. And then one of the kids goes, we should go see Selena in concert. And I was like, oh, wait a second, baby. <laughs> I, mommy has forgotten to tell you something about Selena. Mommy's forgotten to tell you about Selena. And I, 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 I was like, listen, guys, listen, the, the, the I know that we're having a great time. We're having a great time uh, pretending like we're being, we're in a mall and people don't want to let us try on a dress and how we going to like, you know, basically big mistake them from, from, um, uh, from Pretty Woman, which you guys have not seen because it's about a prostitute. It's a prostitute tale. And as much as I am very open with my kids, I don't think I want to start off by explaining that there are people who pay other people to have money, to have sex with them. Um, Cause that's going to open up a lot of doors and we just, we just don't have enough time in the day. You know, we got things to do. So, but yeah, we love that part where, where, where she won't let us try on the dress and then we get a dress in it. And then we decide we don't like the dress and then, you know, and, and all those people are, everybody finds out Selena's in the, we love this part, right? I was like, this is all great, but guys, Selena dies at the end of this movie. And, they were like, what? It was tough for them. It was tough. That night when we were eating dinner and I asked them how, you know, we do um, your, the happiest part of your happy, helpful, hard. There's another one. No, it's three. It's happy, helpful, and hard. The happy part of your day, the hard part of your day. And how you help someone. And almost all of them said the hard part of their day is when Yolanda kills Selena. So, like, the, 
<laughs> the kids really like we watch that movie all the time now. They really like Selena. So they the idea that the little Stellita is out here gonna fuck up Yolanda. They they're into that. They're really like sometimes when we talk about it, they're like, why is she still alive? <laughs> My kids want justice. And so <laughs> listen, me too. <laughs> so so it's it. I'm all on a tangent. This is one of the things that like I make a voice and then I have a dog dance and then to to we play Selena songs and I have the dog dance to them and talk about how she got a roundhouse kick an old lady and so so it's the same voice that we're doing for these little animals on TV. It's actually a lot of fun. But I and I was very cozy. But I gotta stop because I gotta record this fucking podcast, guys. We got to get this shit in. I'm late this week because I had a bunch of other shit to do and because I was late on my bonus episode. By the way, are you a member of the Patreon? It's at patreon.com backslash by pumpkin. I'm doing uh Real Housewives of New Jersey season four over there, and I'm having a good time. How many times do you think Joe and Teresa uh have fucked? Not Judice. I'd say about six times. No, no. If you if you go back and watch season three of um Real Housewives of New Jersey, Teresa and Joe Judice fuck. Okay, they be fucking. All right, uh, they do it a lot. They've been doing it a lot. Um, I met her and her brother, but I'm having a good time with it. Slide on over there. Uh, it's five bucks a month. There are like I think I think well over hundred, might be hundred and thirty. Uh, bonus episodes over there of just shit I've done that I've done a lot of interventions episodes over there. I think I did my 600 pound life over there. Like it's a good place. It's a, it's a good time. Hang out there. Um, and season 10 of Bi, of Bi Pumping is going to be, um, is going to be, um, uh, Vanderpump Rules season two. But before we get there, we got a couple more palate cleansers. And today I want to talk about Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. This is one of my favorite movies. I've watched it a million times. I watched it again yesterday. Um, it, it's one of those things where it's hard to, to know what you know from watching it, what you know from hearing about it. Like it, it just feels ingrained in you. It's, it's like The Last Boy Scout and, um, well, not quite. So The Last Boy Scout and Children of the Corn are two movies that my aunt rented from a blockbuster in like, shit, maybe 94 and never took them back. So most of the summer, she had no cable. Most of the summer, we started off, me and my younger cousins would start off the day by watching The Last Boy Scout in which almost the opening scene, well, the opening scene for Damon Wayans' character is that he is done partying at a motel and one of his football buddies is trying to force a woman to blow him and and like it's going to drown her they're in a hot tub he's going to drown her if she doesn't suck his dick like this is i started every day of that summer with this fucking movie and same with children of the corn um bring me malachi there's a part and I think about it all the time. And one of my nephews' name is Malachi. And I cannot say his name without thinking of fucking children of the corn. But those got ingrained with me in a summer where I just watched them over and over again. Um, with Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, if I'm not mistaken, I saw it in a theater. Uh, I lived on a little base called Dahlgren, um, NSW, NSWC Dahlgren. Um, it's a little weapons base where they make warfare shit. And... It's 
very close to the border of Virginia and Maryland. And it was a very tiny, small base. I lived there on, they had a theater on base. Like if you wanted to go see a movie, if you want to go to a movie theater, you need to drive to Waldorf, Maryland to go to the mall, which I did. It's where I saw Aladdin. Um, I did that plenty of times with like, well, with the parents of friends, not with my parents, because they would have been like, what the fuck I look like driving you to fucking Maryland. So you can see a movie. So, oh, so we're going to spend extra money. Okay. <laughs> but on base, there was a little tiny movie theater and it played a movie. If I'm not mistaken, it played a movie on Friday nights. It played a movie on Saturday matinees, like 11-ish maybe. It might've been like one actually. And then it played another movie Saturday nights. And then it played a movie on a matinee on Sunday. And that was it. That's, that's what, and they didn't get like a, they didn't get a movie like, like I saw the bodyguard there. I saw, did I see Malcolm X there? No, I saw Malcolm X on VHS because I got tired of watching it and didn't put in the the second tape and almost became a Muslim. That's what happened. Um, really glad I watched the internet movie. Um, I was on my way. I really, the first, the first part of the movie, he's like, it seems like a good idea. Not saying that um, Islam, <laughs> the nation of Islam is, uh, <laughs> is just uh, whatever it is in that Malcolm X movie. But I'm just saying that I was like into it. And I was like, you know, I could definitely go to the library and find out more about this. Allah, all that. Yeah, let's do that. And then I was, I watched it in the movie and I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. It just seems like things are good the way they are. That's <laughs> No, I I saw oh, I saw Cousin Vinny at that little movie theater. My Cousin Vinny, which I want to talk about one day. Um, but I'm pretty sure I saw Don't Tell Mom Babysitter's Dead at that little movie theater. It was in 1991. It came out in 91. Um, the movie feels like an 80s movie, but, it, but the reason it feels like an 80s movie is because decades do not end in, at midnight in 1989. Decades end... <sighs> Like the 2000s don't like, excuse me, the 90s don't really end until 9-11 for me. Like when we talk about culture and things, the 90s officially, officially, officially fucking in on uh, September 11, 2001. Um, but it feels like an 80s movie. It's a 90s movie technically. And I remember going to see it in this little theater. I mean, they they barely had like... Think like now when you go to a big movie theater, the smallest room for this, that's, that was the entire theater. And they had some popcorn and a couple of candies and a few sodas and that was it. And I went and saw it and I loved it. I had, I like, and then after that, it came on HBO all the time in the summers. Remember guys, I talk about this all the time. I was home by myself all the time and whatever, the TV raised me, whatever the fuck was on the TV. Was, was what was raising me, which isn't a bad way to be raised. I'm just saying that my parents were like, fuck them kids. They either had to work, which I respect because that did feed me, or they were like at a party or something. My mom would be like, my mom had like three parties to go to a week. She's a social butterfly. So she loves to dance. She loves to sing. She loves to go, hey now. She, <laughs> she loves that shit. <laughs> and she we would be left alone. Or if we could go, here's the other thing. If my parents were willing to bring you to wherever they're going, some barbecue, some like kids were going to be there. The thing was like, you need to make your choice wisely because if you went, my parents didn't leave. 
Like, they were going to be there for 10 hours. They didn't want to hear about how you wanted to go home. They didn't, didn't want to hear about how you and your cousin just got into a fight. They don't give a fuck. They're like, go over there and make up. Figure it out. Figure it out. Or I used to have a little friend that I really liked. Um, but the reason we were friends is because our dads served together and our moms were friends. And I remember, like, we got into a fight. And I was like, I do not want to be her friend anymore. And my mom was like, you really don't have a choice? <laughs> Suck it up, go be friends because we drink with them and we want to keep doing that. Thanks though. Thanks thanks for your opinion. Like get your ass over there and just be friends. <laughs> so, but that's how it was with my mom. And so either she didn't take you or if she took you, she was never coming home. So you really had to like choose wisely and be like, you know, actually maybe I will stay home because I know I'm not coming home till two o'clock in the fucking morning if I go with you. Um... Yeah, so I I would watch TV. All TV would wake me up. TV would keep me company. TV would put me to bed, and then I sleep with the TV on all night. Or my dad would come and check on on me and turn the TV off in the middle of the night. But that's how TV was my best, 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 best friend. I was just talking um, to another friend recently about how my favorite days, when like let's say middle school, high school, would be a day where I could just put the TV on in my room and just let it go. Watch all my favorite shit, but I also had a ton of books too. And then I lay in my bed. I would not get dressed. I put on pajamas and I would just read. I would just read. And I, you know, I put the book down sometimes, you know, and then look up and be like, oh, hey, dude's on. All right, cool. <laughs> and that's what I do. Maybe also have some good food with that. Once I got old enough to realize I could like order Chinese food, <laughs> it's on and popping. There is a place. That was a little chain that's gone now. So I don't know if it was just in Virginia Beach. It could have been it, it, it could have been a national chain. I don't remember. It was called Bamboo Hut. And they had fried rice, but it had fried sausage in it. And shit was good. Sausage fried rice. Fucking good as fuck. Oh my goodness. I ordered so much of it. Almost die. <laughs> like literally almost choked to death eating sausage fried rice because I could not get it in my gullet fast enough. Um, but yeah, that would be a perfect day for me. And so I definitely watched Never Ending Story over and over again. I definitely watched, I watched Top Gun a lot, by the way. Um, Ghostbusters. By the time, I, I told you guys, the, the when Ghostbusters came out on D, oh, not DVD, got VHS, I didn't have a copy of it. This little um, Asian girl who lived in our, um, in our apartment complex, and I believe she was Vietnamese. I could be wrong. I could be, I just, I have a feeling she was Vietnamese in our apartment complex in Mississippi. Um, she was much younger than me, but she had it on VHS. And I would go over every day after school and sit with her and watch Ghostbusters. Even though, And she also did not speak English and I did not speak a lick of fucking Vietnamese. And she was also like too young for me to be playing with. But yet, if you asked anybody, we were best fucking friends because I saw that bitch every day to play. And also one time she had like, on, you know, like those stamps. Like Captain Crunch had um, a toy that's like a in, in the cereal that was a stamp, you know, and you would make a Captain Crunch face, right? But the ink pad side of it, it's like full of ink, like she had it in her mouth one day. And I just remember thinking, anybody come here for all that? Like, that's disgusting. <laughs> but also she was like, maybe five? And I was maybe eight, maybe nine. I don't know, whenever my parents got, the year my parents got married. Um, I was too old to be playing with her, right? I, I also played with another little girl who I didn't didn't particularly like, but she had a Teddy Ruxpin. 
Okay. And there was not gonna be no Teddy Rucks up in my house. All right. My mom was never going to buy something like that. Also, my mom was anti toys that make noise. So if the toy was talking, no, 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 no. And Laura help you if you somehow got a toy that made noise and then like left it in the house because when you got back, it would be in the trash and she would just be like not wanting to talk about it. It would just be gone. You'd be like, have you seen little Susie wets herself? She'd be like, Susie is not here. Let's not talk about Susie anymore. That, so Teddy Ruxpin was not it. Also, my mom was like, you're a really good reader. You do not need a Teddy Ruxpin. And I was like, I did not say I needed a Teddy Ruxpin. Okay? All right? And nobody said anything that it was vital to my health. I said, get me a Teddy Ruxpin. And, you know, and she told me to get out. So I was friends with her, and I was friends with this guy named Brandon that lived right close to me. Didn't much like him either, but he had all the best fucking toys. His parents used to buy him shit, man. They used to, he had, like, he had like uh, this tape recorder that you could like sing into. And so he would tape us and stuff. He had power wheels. He had like, if you saw a commercial for it during Christmas time, Brandon fucking had it. And I don't even like his room was so full of fucking toys. He could, you could barely get in there. I was like, Brandon. And at first, when I first met him, I was outside playing mother may I with my brothers and my mom. She was playing with us, I guess. If he just moved in. So my mom, so my mom was like trying to keep us busy and we were playing mother may I and he came over and he said my name is Brandon I was like like that dog on Punky Brewster and he was like no and I was like that is the dog's name on Punky Brewster don't fuck with me <laughs> like bitch that is the dog and he, and he was like no but I'm not named after that dog and I was like how do you fucking know and I mean I wasn't cussing but he was like because I know and I was like okay well I don't even fucking like you right now because you just got a lot of mouth right now i'm gonna get on my big wheel and take and care my ass but then he had some i don't know what he had he had a he had something that was outside and i was like wait a fucking second brandon did we just become best friends are we best friends or not or no <laughs> and his little brother had this banging ass rocking horse that i used to fucking love it was the one that would be on these the metal and it had the springs and shit and i used to love a rocking horse i used to love to like like, I just, I didn't have many toys. Uh, people didn't really talk to me. My parents didn't really talk to me. I had a lot of brothers that just wish I could be quiet sometimes. And so I spent a lot of time in imagination and watching Reading Rainbow and reading books and, like, imagining shit and doing shit like that. That's what I fucking did. And I used to love to get on, like, a rocking horse and just pretend I was in the desert just riding a fucking horse. Just riding a horse through the desert, trying to see what I could see. Sometimes I'd be in a Nevering story. Sometimes I wouldn't be. I'd go side saddle. I'd be... And then, you know, so I... So listen, Brandon was in the family at this point. But why the fuck am I talking about that? I don't know. I spent a lot of time alone. I watched Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead a million fucking times. A million times. I love the movie. Um, for those of you who do not know what the movie is about, let me go ahead and fucking tell you. Um, it's essentially about five siblings um, living in a house. The house is in Santa Cl- Clarita. I don't know if that's where it was set because there's a lot of commuting to like Los Angeles proper. And my understanding is that would be a hell of a fucking commute. And so, but whatever. Um, They live in this, and they say they live out in the boonies. And I don't don't know if Santa Clarita is the boonies or whatever. But, okay, so they live in Santa Clarita. Um, They live in this big house. And their mom is like, listen, their dad's off. He's somewhere. At some point, at one point, they're like, should we call dad? And they're like, he doesn't give a fuck. So dad's not in the picture. 
their mom has a new boyfriend and he wants to take her to Australia to see his sheep ranch, which is code for his dick. Um, and so she's leaving for two months. What job she has that she can just leave for fucking two months? What job she has that she can keep up this big ass fucking property? I don't fucking know. Are you allowed to leave children for two months? I don't think so, but okay. This is a The Kids Are Alone movie. And in fact, when I showed it to my kids, they they were eh on it. I mean, I also showed them Kindergarten Cop and like 15 minutes of the movie, Cheeks was like, did you mean for me to see this? <laughs> because I had forgotten that the first like 30 minutes of Kindergarten Cop is Arnold Schwarzenegger beating up hooks, hookers and pimps and drug dealers and throwing them through glass. I was like, oh shit. Like, it's not a kid's movie, but we watched it all the fucking time. That girls have a pen, a vagina and boys have a penis. Or it's actually, boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. That shit had us on lock, okay? Like, it was a lot, babe. And, and, and I thought that was a kid's movie, but it turns out it was not a kid's movie. It's just what I had access to. Again, like I always say, my kids can watch. All the things they watch now are, are made for them. They're on the kids section of Netflix and Hulu. They don't even have real YouTube. I'm about to give my oldest son real YouTube with parental controls, but still, I don't fucking want to. I don't want to. I don't want to be radicalized. But they don't, they, like, everything that they watch, every, almost, most places that they go were meant for them to be there. And I do that because kids are incredibly annoying outside of their natural state. Um, kids aren't annoying at Chili's. They are annoying if you're in a really nice restaurant and they're acting like kids. And, like, you can be mad at them for acting like kids or you can just acknowledge the fact that, like, we're not in a kid-friendly place and I don't know why I brought them here, you know? So... Yeah, they, they have all that. And for me, I had to find kids stuff where I could. And yeah, I had Nickelodeon, sure. I didn't even really have Disney kids because um, I'm older than most of you guys. So I, I had Nickelodeon. Nick Jr. just became a thing. Um, and the rest, I just had to figure it out. And so I would end up falling in love with movies like Kindergarten Cop and fucking... And Ghostbusters and stuff that were not, I don't necessarily know that I was the, the target audience. Also, rewatching Kindergarten Cop was tough. There is a lot of homophobia in it. Lots of, at one point he thinks he's found the boy who's the son of the, of the, of the, uh, big bad guy. And it turns out his dad's gay and his mother's really upset about it. And it's like, he left the family. I was like, oh my God, I don't want my kids watching this. Like really, it was a bad idea. I should have watched it first and then showed it to them. They were like, why would she say that? And I was like, I don't know. It's, you gotta remember when this fucking movie came out. Um, yeah, so, um, but at the time, Liz mentioned something when I wanted to talk about this. I wanted to show this to my kids. My kids were just like, eh, it's fine. Um, that they are not of the age where they want their parents to be gone, right? And that really confused me because I never had an age where I wanted my parents to leave. Never. I never had an age where I was like, I hope they drive off in this car and don't come back because they might have. They were gone all the fucking time. Like I said, when I was a late teenager, my dad was stationed in another state and my mom was just like, I'm not going there. I'm like, you're about to retire. I'm not going there. And she would just like leave on Wednesday night and like be like, see you on Sunday. Like 
all the time. I have never in my life. Now, listen, they get on my fucking nerves. Don't get me wrong about that. But I think that is like a thing for people who always have access to their parents, right? My father was in and out because he was in the Navy and he was literally deployed. Like he would be gone for years sometimes. Um, And my mom, like I said, my mom, my mom was not cookie mom. She was not snack mom. She was not uh, a room mom. She was none of that shit. She was not, let me drive your ass over to soccer. She was not that type of mom. My mom was like a lady who had kids. And so she had her whole ass fucking life and the kids either worked with her or not. But bingo was happening on Thursday night. And like, I mean, what are we going to do? Because I got to go to bingo. Like that's that. And like as an adult. So you guys know that meme. It's not really a meme. But that's saying how like you grew up with this dad. And you think he's one way. You think he's like fully incapable of being like, like nurturing to you or like you know, like that. And then he either gets a second family or he gets a dog. And then suddenly all you see are pictures, like you're grown at this point. All you see is pictures of him with that fucking dog cuddling. And you're like, he never cuddled me once. It's a whole, it's a whole storyline on Modern Family. Jay with that fucking dog. How he's always buying her stuff and getting her outfits and understanding this. And then, yeah, but he wasn't like that with his grown ass children. They don't remember him being like that at all. That's how my mom is. My mom's a very motherly person don't get me wrong she's got big mom energy just like I did I do but she does not have a love of the work of parenting and that's making costumes and driving you here and how was your day and like just now when I came in here to do this I was laying on the couch with bunny like wedged in like where I was at and she was taking a nap while we were watching this movie together, while, while me and the other kids were watching this thing together and making voices for Animal. That's not a thing my mom would have been willing to do. My mom would have been in her room watching her VHS of Oprah. Like that, like, my mom wasn't watching no fucking kids movies. If she was going to take me for, I did not go to the movie theater very often. The reason I saw Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead is because I was like 11 years old and I could go, I could walk to this movie theater on my own on a Friday night or Saturday afternoon. But, uh, my mom did not take me to kids' movies. My mom does not like movie theaters to start off with. Let's start there. Because she doesn't like to be alone in the dark with strangers. And she doesn't believe that, like, my mom likes there to be a certain amount of black people someplace. Because she says you never know when you have to fight your way out of places. And my mom does not like to be in the dark with strangers. I know you guys are like, you really sound a lot like your mom. I can go to a movie theater, guys. Do I like to be all close up to the no? Because I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're whispering about. Um, so my mom, like, I got her, we got her to see Men in Black. And I think years and years and years later, we got her to see Men in Black too. That's it. I don't think she's that big of a Will Smith fan. But but my mom doesn't go to the fucking movies. Like one time I was talking to my dad and he was, I was like, what are you doing today? He's like, oh, me and your mom going to movies. I was like, what? And he was like, I know, she's been, she's been complaining ever since she found out we were going. Yeah, that sounds about right. My mom likes bootlegs. <laughs> she likes, she likes, she wants to see a new movie. She goes down and gets a bootleg from the hair store. She waits till the, the bootleg man gets there. She buys one of those and she watches it at home. So not only did she not take me to the movies like that, it was expensive too. She certainly wasn't. I Sometimes I get to go to the dollar movie, but again, an aunt would take me or she dropped me off. But to see a kid's movie in a the theater, I she would leave me there. She would, ne- my mother would never spend two hours watching a child's movie because she'd be like what the fuck what what the fuck do I look like so like 
whereas we have a lot in common with my mom do like my mom just does like like I said my mom loves me she I I feel love from her she did she did take care of me like bare minimum like CPS didn't come get me but, but my mom was a lady with kids when I was growing up and she only wanted to see the kids that belonged here do not show up here with another child because I didn't sign up to take care of that one like she'd be like what are you doing and I'd be like oh this is my friend so-and-so yeah 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 what's she doing here oh I want her to come over and see my hamster my gerbils um yeah uh does she not have a house she can go to herself or no, she has her own house, mom. I like, I just wanted to, mama, I just wanted her to see my, my house, my gerbils. Okay, well, how long are y'all going to be here? Can you take her back to where you got her from? Like, that's my, my mom. But my mom has a big motherly energy, but not towards children. My mom, there are like a thousand women who consider my mom like a really good friend that like they can get good advice from and stuff like that. And like my mom, my mom's an NA. So she's been, she's getting like, uh, she's been a uh, sponsoring people, which she shouldn't because my mom like is not a comforting person. So, I mean, I always hear her on the phone, her sponsees and I'd be like, I don't think you're supposed to say that, but okay. She's like, well, she keep calling here saying she want to use drugs. I mean, just go ahead and use drugs if you're going to talk about it all the time. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, doesn't everybody want to use drugs? She's like, yeah, I want to use drugs right now. But you you don't see me talking about it because this is going to make it worse. Just be quiet. Just just like, I don't know, get a hobby. <laughs> but this really makes my mom sound. But my mom is like a very motherly type, but motherly when in the terms of I'm going to fight somebody for you or you're doing that wrong here let me show you how to do that or um like she's like that type of person I remember watching her talk to one of her friends when I was like 15 or something and I was like oh this bitch talks to everybody like that I was like I thought she used to like use that tone with me because she's my mother no that's her tone that's how she talks to people that's weird and so (laughs) so I guess my mom's like a mama bear type person um, she definitely fight for you. She definitely like be like, here, get this fish, bitch. But also I got to hibernate. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to be gone the winter. So like, if you could just like stay here and I don't know, watch Nickelodeon, I'll, I'll, I'll catch up with you. I don't think that's how bears do it, but that's how my mom did it. And so the idea of like being like, oh, thank God my mom went to Australia. That never occurred to me. This, this whole movie is I haven't finished telling you what the movie's about, but this whole movie, the premise of this movie is hard for me to understand, even though it's one of my favorite movies, because I would have immediately called my mom and been like, listen, this chick that you left here, she, she out, she, she's dead. You got to come back and deal with this. I'm not an adult. Can you please call 911? Can you, ma, ma, did she hang up on me? <laughs> that, that is what I would have, I would have been like really angry at her for leaving me in this position. Uh, the premise of the movie is in the title. The babysitter dies when she when mom goes off to Australia for two months to fuck this dude, and she leave her. She leaves him with like a really like mean babysitter who is. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> during the first part where she's talking to the mom, she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then she's like, Arr! and so like 
it's a comical thing. I read somewhere that she's not that they admit to her to be a sweet old lady, but they decided not to because it was funnier this way. And also, for the majority of the movie, once she dies, like you never see her again. Um, you don't see her to the credits, to the credit scene. Um, so she dies, and I'm just assuming she died of a heart attack. I mean, listen, you go, you out here being rude and shit, and and all that, then, I mean, sometimes, sometimes God don't like ugly. So she dies and they're like, what do we do? Oh, I know. We'll just get rid of this body. <laughs> I would have never touched that fucking body. <laughs> I would have, I would have closed the door. I would have rallied my siblings and been like, yeah, we probably got to stay down on the back porch because there's something cool. Okay, does, does anybody know the phone number in Australia where our mom is? Does anybody know this? But, oh, you know what? I just watched this yesterday, but maybe I'm missing something. Because what she has all of the stuff on her. Like their mom left money for groceries and shit, and I guess bills. Two months, somebody's gotta pay the electricity bill in that time. Um, uh, she gave the money to the babysitter. The babysitter dies, they're looking for the money, she, it's on her. And so they don't have it. Maybe the mom's phone number's on her too. The fact, I mean, they're remaking this movie uh, with for black people. Like how Can't Buy Me Love, Love Don't Cost a Thing is Can't Buy Me Love. Like that. They're making this movie for black people. Tyra Banks is going to be in it. Tyra Banks is a horrible actress. Um, so let's see how that goes. Um, but... <laughs> Also, do we think about the mom never calls the entire time? She never calls. Because if she would have called, I would immediately got on the phone and be like, listen, we're hungry. <laughs> but no. Okay. So what happens is they decide that they're going to like take care of it. Mostly Sue Ellen. Sue Ellen's the oldest. She's 17. She's definitely a cool girl. She's definitely a popular girl, but she's not a rich girl. Because all her friends are going to Europe for the summer between high school and college. And she's not. And I don't think she's gotten to college either. So she's trying to figure out what she's going to do the rest of her life. She's like a fashionista, um, which I don't relate to. But I see that she's wearing clothes that did not let they come off a Kmart, a Kmart mannequin. So to me, that coded to me, fashionista. Um, and so she kind of has to take care of the siblings. It's her. Kenny's her brother who is... I always thought Kenny was older than her. But, it, but this watching was like, no, he's not. He's younger than her. Kenny's like 16... Um, then we've got, I can't tell if it's Melissa and then Loverboy. Then we got Loverboy. I don't remember his name. I don't vibe with that character. Um, he seems to be like 15 or 14 or whatever. And he's always in love with women and stuff. Like his storyline, I don't care about. And then we've got Melissa who is <sighs> Tom girl, right? Or tomboy, excuse me. She is, she wants to play soccer that summer and she can't because, um, because her mom won't be there. I'm like, why can't the babysitter take you to fucking soccer? Um, she's really upset about like, so the two younger kids and Walter, who's the baby, Walter and Melissa are really sad their mom is leaving. I don't know if Loverboy really cares. And I guess that Kenny, who's like a burnout, so all he does is smoke weed, look at porn. I mean, not explicitly there, I mean there, but they kind of more coded so that he he's like kind of a rock guy. 
like a hardcore rock guy. Um, so that's why in his room there's like pictures of women topless with like, I don't know, little toys on her tits or whatever. That's why. But, um, we're meant to know that he is high at all times. So he wants his mom to leave. And Sue Ellen's like, I'm just going to let the babysitter take care of the kids and I'm going to be on the beach and I'm just going to have a really chill summer. Morgan Freeman voice, um, she was not going to be on the beach having a really chill summer. So once the, they, they have to figure out a way to get money. They don't really have any. Um, I, I'm a, I really should go back and, and make sure I, this is the truth. But I guess they don't have a way to contact their mother. And what they, do, they need to do is get jobs. And so Kenny is going to stay home with the kids to watch the kids. And because if it was just Kenny and Sue Ellen, Swell, then you would never, uh, that's what they call her, Swell. Uh, they, they, you wouldn't need a babysitter. So Sue Ellen gets a job, um, at Clown Burger, where she meets Josh Charles Bryan, who I think this is the start of my crush on Josh Charles. I know he's in other stuff, but I think this is where my crush on him comes from. Because in this movie, he's just like literally the perfect guy. Like he's so sweet they, you know, they go out on a date. He takes her to see the Grunion. I, this is the only place I, this is the only thing I think of when someone says Grunion. And for a long time, it was the only place I'd ever fucking heard this word. So I thought it was made up. Um, he takes her to see the Grunion come in. Um, he does deliveries with his, cause he's in the clown car all the time cause he does deliveries. And he, uh, they go on this cute little date where they're in a toy store and they're jumping on those hippie hoppy things. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's a big ball with like a handle on it. And you kind of hop down and you know, her outfit there is great. And they kiss and like, it, it's so good. Like, like they, it's such a little summer romance. But, so that starts there. But she quits uh, the Clown Burger place because it's not enough money. Her check is like bullshit. It's like nothing. Um, and they like, so here's the thing about Sue Ellen that makes her so cool. First of all, she's played by Christina Applegate, right? Christina Applegate is incredibly cool. Um, Christina Applegate, I didn't watch uh, Married with Children. It just wasn't a show for me. I don't want to hoot and holler boobs. I, it's not a thing for me. Um, but I don't, so, but I knew what the show was. I just didn't, I wasn't someone that sat down. I knew the concept of the show. Um, I do remember that episode where they let Christina Applegate, her character, Kelly dance to fever and she was so fucking good at it. Um, but Christina Applegate's a dancer, like the pussycat dolls, not dolls, not the pop group, but the, the Vegas troupe like started off like basically living that that started Christina Applegate's house because she was good friends with Robin Anton. Um, anyway, Christina Applegate has had such a good career. My understanding is that this movie wasn't going to get made unless she was in it. Cause she, cause this was the end of married with children. That's what she was famous for. Um, but she's been in so many things. I love her laugh. I love her. Like one of my favorite things she's in is Samantha who, did you guys ever watch that? Well, if you didn't watch it, it's your fault. It's, it's been canceled. And you let down Jean Smart, Jennifer Esposito. Um, fuck. Shit. What is her name? 
um, she was on Gilmore Girls and Mike and Molly. And she's like a really famous Melissa McCarthy. She's like a, literally a famous person. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. Um, she's smart. Jennifer Esposito, Melissa McCarthy, Christina Applegate. I don't care about Barry, but that it's, it's a really funny show. And the concept is interesting. Like we have all these sitcoms that are like, here are some friends. They hang out sometimes at a pizza place at a coffee place at a job like but the concept of this was that Christina Applegate's character is a really fucking mean 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 person think Jennifer Gardner and 13 going on 30 before she before she wakes up a 30 years old when she finds out she was like a super mean person what happens is she gets hit by a car her name is Samantha Sam gets hit by a car and when she wakes up, she's got amnesia. And like, she's trying to navigate this new world. Jean smarts her mom and her, I forget her dad, but he's like a, he's a very, fairly big character actor. Um, and she's trying to navigate this world, but she's like a fucking bitch. And she, like everywhere she goes, people are throwing shit at her. She's like, hi, I'm Sam. And they're like, oh, you're gonna pretend to have amnesia? I don't, I have amnesia. She's like, oh, you tried this two years ago too. Cause she did. <laughs> She'd be lying about stuff. She would like show up to a wedding. She'd be like, I'm, so she, it's, it's very much my name is Earl. Like I'm trying to be a good person. I'm trying to win my way back. But because she does not have memories of what happened, she's like, here, someone likes me. I got a, I got a wedding invite. I'm going to go. I'm a bridesmaid. I'm going to go. Of course I am. You know, I'm going to help my friend get married. She gets there and realizes she has slept with the groom. The bride knows. Like, she was disinvited. <laughs> she's, it's it's funny. I don't know. It's funny. And it's got a, it's got a concept that is not really um, everywhere. But, I, you know, anyway, Christina Applegate. Um, she's a cancer survivor. Like, I think about her and her cancer all the time. Please don't tell me it came back. I sometimes Google it. And last time I Google it, it didn't say it hadn't come back. So, like, I don't want her cancer to come back. I just think she's, like, came from being, like, a child star, a child actor, actor. And, like, and, like, made her way through Hollywood. She's had, like, shows on that were great. She's had, you know, The Sweetest Thing is a great movie. It's a really funny movie. Even the part where uh, Selma Blair... Um, gets her, uh, she either gets a tongue ring stuck in somebody's, or behind somebody's balls while sucking them off, or he's got a piercing that gets stuck in her throat. I think the piercing gets stuck in her throat. And they have to sing, like, <sighs> Aerosmith's, what's the it's a, the theme that Armageddon? Don't want to miss a thing, I think it's called. I'm, like, singing it in my head so I can get to the part where it says the theme, the title of the song. And she has to sing that to get out. That's a little silly, but... It's got Cameron Diaz, Cammy D. Like, come on. It's a good movie. I don't know. I just really like Christina Applegate. And the character in this movie, um, Swell, is so confident, right? Like, I would have been terrified. Let's say I, I, I literally decided to handle this and not to, like, tap out. That, by the way, that's my biggest, like, complaint about Pretty Little Liars. First of all, obviously, Pretty Little Liars is a fucking work of fiction. Obviously, nothing in it makes any fucking sense. I get that. But I remember being like, this show never gets off the ground in real life because there is no teenager who's going to deal with this for more than like, like even, even the most determined is only going to probably deal with some shit like this for like a week before they tell their parents. Uh, because you'd be scared. <laughs> like you'd be fucking scared. I know A told you not to tell your parents, but you're going to tell them anyway. 
a teenager's resources are limited. And so like, like I can't fight an anonymous killer on my own for like six years. That's hard. <laughs> maybe if this is a horror movie for three nights, maybe. I, maybe I don't tell anybody, but not six years. I don't know how long Pretty Little Liars is on. I have not revisited it. If you see me on Twitter and I am revisiting Pretty Little Liars, I'm in a bad place, guys, because I'm about to get mad. Real fucking mad. Real fucking mad, guys. So, but, um, Swellen is so, like, if, so if I had, like, gotten through the part where I, like, got over the dead body and was like, no, I'm just gonna get a job and we'll, like, how hard could it be? And I got a fast food job. I would have been terrified to leave that job. I would have been like, thank God I got a job so fast. I know they're only gonna pay me, like, I don't know, what was the minimum wage in 91? five dollars an hour four dollars an hour I don't fucking know um I know they're only gonna pay me this amount of money but I have to get that money I have to be able to feed my brothers and sister and if the if the lights go out till mom gets back that's fine but I have to be able to feed people I have to be able to do that and like yeah like uh I would have been afraid to leave that job but she does she just she's like a badass so she goes and gets another job uh, she, she needs something better and she wants to do something that she actually wants to do, not cleaning out fat vats. Um, so she gets this, uh, fashion job. She, she wants to work in fashion. So she gets a assistant job at Gaw, which is like some con- fashion conglomerate. And like, in terms of fashion, cause this is fashion too, like they make uniforms and shit. Like they, it's not, I don't know. She needs a job at Dior. I don't know. She, she, she. Uh, they they make uniforms so it is technically in fashion but and she's an assistant so how she she goes to get the job and she she meets what the fuck is her name carolyn um and that's where we get mousy brown hair talks like she's chewing her face that's her <laughs> that's that's where we get that famous personnel like uh it's not a monologue it's too short but it's basically where um, she tells Sue L she's in the wrong place. Sue L doesn't know she's 17. She's made up, she's copied a resume off the fucking internet. And because Carolyn goes off to do something, she meets Rose. Rose is the person. So Rose is an executive. Uh, Caroline, Carolyn's supposed to be her assistant. And you're, and they're, the job is for Carolyn's position, which is like an entry level uh, position and Rose is like looks at the resume sees that uh Swell has copied out she's she went to Vassar <laughs> like she doesn't even have the internet to be like what the fuck is Vassar like she might not even know where that what that is and so um and Rose hates Carolyn so she decides to take on Swellen. so Swellen starts working and here's the thing there's no background checks there's no <laughs> There's none of that shit because it's 1991. And although people did background checks in 1991, not like this. Mostly you looked at the resume. Maybe you call a couple of places. But the truth is people when hiring, people are super lazy. Most of the time. In my experience, they are. So here is now Sue Ellen's thrown in the deep end. She's got to get this. She's got She's supposed to know all these things. These How to do these things. She's got Carolyn hates her. By the way, Carolyn is Brian's sister. We don't know that at first. We don't find that out till later when they break up. I'll talk about that. So that's her sister. She's mad. 
rightfully, the thing is about Carolyn is that Carolyn is a bitch. Um, she's rude. She's mean. I don't like her, right? Obviously. However, was she ever on The Good Wife? Because that would have been excellent. She probably was. The Good Wife had everybody on it. They should have had um, Christina Applegate on it. They should have. Huh. So, but the thing about Carolyn is Carolyn is a bitch, but she's also right. That was supposed to be her job. And then this person comes in and takes the job from her. And she's like, she's a fake. I know she is. She's something up with that girl. And she's right. She is a fake. But she's not the way she thinks she's a fake. She's like, nobody assumes she's going to be 17. So, so, I mean, you just get a lot of hijinks in which like, you know, the QED reports um, have to get done and Swellen has to, has to get someone to help her with it. A nice girl at work, but then the nice girl is not, is out sick, so she can't get, like, also, Rose has got a really shitty boyfriend that, that also works at Gaw. And, um, his name is Gus and he's like so gross and so like, I don't know, just really like, Hey, can I put my fingers on your pussy? Whoa, I was joking. What are you talking about? Like that. I mean, that didn't actually happen. This, I think this movie is PG-13, <laughs> but, um, but he's terrible and he keeps hitting on Sue Ellen and Sue Ellen, even at 17, like I said, she's such a fucking cool girl. That's just like, no, get the fuck out of here. Your roses, like you know, like like I don't know. I I think of myself as a fairly confident person. I mean, I have a lot of fucking anxiety, but in terms of, I'm pretty confident in getting things done because the world has taught me that other people won't get things done, <laughs> and that they not to count on those people. And so I'm pretty confident, in like like going for things. But I don't know. I don't know if I would have had the courage to be like. She knows she's 17, he doesn't. But like, I don't want this old dude who's actually dating my boss, who I actually like, who's funny, you know? Who's who who's taught me to go, right on top of that. <laughs> what is it? I'm right on top of that, Rose. Like, I, she, she, like, Sue Ellen looks at Rose as somebody to look up to. Like, she's got a fancy job and fancy clothes and goes to fancy lunches and stuff. And like, yeah, she looks up to her. And so... Not only is Gus gross, but he's supposed to be with Rose. And she's like so, I don't know. She's so confident the way she talks to people. She's like, and I'll tell you when you can come back over here and fetch it. And like, I don't know. It, it, she's such a great character. But one of my favorite parts about Sue Ellen throughout this. Oh, so again, synopsis. She, she ends up having to steal from the job because she has petty cash. Um, Rose lets her know that. And it's basically just a lockbox full of cash. <laughs> to keep over there which I don't think that they do anymore I, I guess now if you were someone's assistant you just have like access to their company card probably or if they don't if it's not like that type of place maybe they'll just give you their card and you would order it off of their card and give it back to them or maybe you have access depending on what level you have access to them um I can even see like if you were like a Kardashian level like with like three fucking assistants that you, that the cards that you give them have their name on them, but they go to a specific account and they just keep those cards or whatever. Like, I doubt anybody has a little box full of cash in there. <laughs> I actually have like a few twenties in my wallet and every time, and I should spend them, but every time I open them, I'm like, oh, cash. Cause I never see cash. And I used to like, when I have cash, my husband always take it. Cause my husband is more likely to spend cash than I am. So he'd be like, oh, you have some cash, you have some cash. So like, so just the idea of a little box of cash underneath the desk is like really, <laughs> I'm like, oh God. Um, but she steals from it because she hasn't gotten paid yet. And 
So she uses it to pay, buy groceries and do some things. And it what she, I mean, she's using so much of it that, um, she ends up taking it home and her siblings still out of it to buy a ring for lover boy's boyfriend, to buy stuff for the dog, to get cable, like all kinds of stuff. And, and, um, it's empty. And she's like, my paycheck, my first paycheck, my first paycheck. No, this might be where she gets her first paycheck. Maybe not at the hot dog place. Um, and she's like, yeah, she made it. She gets her paycheck. It's a lot less than she thought it was going to be because she did not factor in taxes because <laughs> she's 17. And so, <laughs> and so like, that's a problem. And, you know, during this whole time, we've got Carolyn, um, chasing her around. We've got Gus being gross. We've got David Duchovny, who I don't even know what his fucking name is in this, but he's like Carolyn's sidekick. They're all trying to take her down. And then they find out that they're going to lay off everybody at Gaw. And Sue Ellen saves the company by coming up with some new designs and getting some stuff done. And like a 17 year old. And they're like, we're going to present it to, I don't know, the board or buyers, buyers, because uh, the people who like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to present to buyers essentially clients and they're, they're supposed to put on a little a fashion show, but they're, and, but, and Rose is like, use the money in petty cash. And <laughs> here's the thing. How long were they working there? Like about two months, right? Because at the end of this, at the end of this, her mom comes home. Um, so like nobody reconciles the petty cash. <laughs> like I would think weekly you'd have to like get the receipts and reconcile the petty, ca- petty cash. So what happens She's like, just use the petty cash for like, you know, the food and the cater and the, and, and the music and blah, 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 blah. And like, there's no money in petty cash. They use it all. And so what Sue Ellen does is she gets the help of her friends who are back from Europe. She gets the help of Kenny, who's done like sort of a transformation throughout the movie. Um, Walter, the youngest boy, falls off the roof trying to fix the cable. Um, Kenny is just basically like, I don't know. He's just, he's, he's a slacker. <sighs> I mean, he does have the best line in the movie. The dishes are done, man. Because <laughs> he's shooting, he's doing, um, what is that called? Clay shooting where they hit that thing and you shoot it off the, off the thing. So that's another thing. Mom left for two months and left a gun in the house? Shit. Accessible to the children? <laughs> Shit. Um, and he kind of goes to this transformation. He's watching a lot of Julia Child and he's learning how to cook. He realized, I mean, he's a stoner. A, a, a 80s 90s stoner which means that he's like hungry at all times and so he's starting to cook and he's thinking I might finish high school and like become a chef like he's going through this thing um and in fact he and Swell go through something because what happens is that they become they become almost husband and wife my favorite part of the transformation is that Sue Ellen you know, to her, her mom's a bitch, right? Her mom's always fussing about things. Like, why is this out? I don't, don't want to do this. Blah, 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 blah. The, the, the electricity doesn't grow on trees. But as soon as Swellen's in that position, she has all the same concerns. She even starts sleeping in her mom's bed. She starts, like, she's trying to take a bath. Like, she's slowly becoming her mother. Because what you don't realize as a child, and you do, like, what... And as you grow older and get in those certain positions, you're like, oh, my mom 
was pissed because she'd been at work all day. And the first thing that happened is she'd walk through the door and I'd be like, I need, I need, I need, I need. And she'd be like, damn, can I get through the fucking door? And I have the same feelings now. Or my mom would say we got food at home. And at the time I'd be like, oh my God, she just does not want me to be happy at all. But I'm a food at home mom too, because I'm like, I need to have enough money to take care of you guys. And if I just took you to Olive Garden every fucking night, we would not, we would be fat and unhappy and homeless. Okay. So we got to do something. And so, but Swelling gets a crash course in this. And Kenny is doing a lot of the caring of the children at home. And so like, there's this funny scene where she comes home and, and, and she's like, what, what got burnt in here? And, and he's like, you know, you were gone for like three, you're three and a half hours late. And I never, what is this? Here, I'm going to look it up because I want, Kenny goes, oh, she says, did you burn something? Kenny goes, yeah, well, maybe if you had called and told me you were going to be like three and a half hours late, I could have planned my dinner better. And she goes, I had to work late. Okay. And he's like, you still should have called. I sat and I waited. I went ahead and I fed the kids. I worked all day on that casserole. And Swell goes, sorry. He goes, you haven't even said how nice the house looked. You're off at the office all day doing interesting office things. I'm stuck here cooking and cleaning and mowing the lawn, helping Melissa with her fastball, being a role model for Zach, spending quality time with Walter and... Lover boy's name is Zach. And you're and doing your party shit. And you've got the car and you don't even take me anywhere anymore. And when was the last time we went out to dinner together, huh? You know what? I'm sick and tired of not being appreciated. That that word for word would I fucking say every day. So Ellen goes, I appreciate you. And then Kenny goes, eat shit. Also say that. So, but like they become the kind of the heads of this household. And it changes how they feel about things and and their perspective. And I'm telling you, sometimes when I hear, so I'll be 42 in a couple of months here, months after the next. And um, like a good chunk of my friends are in their 30s. And sometimes, like I work with this guy who's 30. He's a work friend. And sometimes he'll be talking to me and I'll be like, uh-huh. Uh huh. Because I'll be thinking, yeah, because you still think of yourself as 19. Like that's how you think of things. Cause you're, cause that's your perspective. Cause you, cause in your life, you're still a kid. You're still protected. You're still like, I mean, his mom still like pays for things for him and stuff. And it's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Like he's an only child. Like, babe, his, I was telling another coworker cause she was really mad. She's like, and he doesn't speak up for himself. And then we have to wait and this, this, this. I was like, girl, we were raised feral. Like I have three brothers. If I was hungry, I had to dive into the middle of that fucking thing and get some fucking food. Sitting back and looking cute was not going to do it. If I had an idea, you got to scream that shit out right now. Just scream it out because who knows when you're going to be able to say it. <laughs> like, if you need something, you've got to yell that you need that thing because if you are quiet, they will forget you're here. But like, he's an only child. And like, you know, his relationship to authority and to like, that sort of thing is very different than you and I is in, and we need to like understand that. And if a coworker needs us to slow down and like give them a chance to talk, I mean, that's, that's a very small thing to ask for. You and I talk too much and we talk over people. It's okay to like, just take a breath and be like, Hey, do you, do you have any opinions on this? And then be quiet and listen to them. <laughs> but some of his perspectives or things are very much 
um, a kid's perspective, like as a kid, like you're like, that would be fun. Whereas there are lots of things that when I was a certain age, I'd be like, yeah, that would be fun. And now I'll be like, that's a death trap. It's so like, I, I just thought it was interesting in the movie that they like quickly went from one to the other. Um, so what happens is that he's wa- he's supposed to be watching Walter. He's not. And this is kind of like in the midst of his transition. Like it's not, his transition doesn't happen to the very end. Walter gets on the roof and falls off the roof and like breaks his, the little, the little kid breaks his, um, his, Summer is like, can't remember which one. And they end up having to go to the hospital and like, you know what? I'm rewatching Shameless. It's sort of like Lip and Liam where when Liam go has an overdose and is in the hospital, all these things happen. Suddenly Lip is glue, is stuck like glue to Liam. He's, he won't leave him in the house. He takes him to college. He won't like, he's, we see Lip taking care of Liam in ways that we've never seen Lip take care of Liam. Like he's constantly waking him up and putting on his clothes and talking to him and like stuff like that. And it's because he realized he could have lost Liam in an instant. And that's kind of what happens with Walter. So what happens with the fashion show is that she decides to have the fashion show at her house out in the boonies. And so they have to fix the house. They have to clean the house. They have to like paint it, the pool and stuff. Mom also left the house in disarray. I mean, yeah, she's got five kids and they all seem bad, but it's like, shit, this is how you live? Okay, must be a reason for it. Um, and they decide to have it there. They have Kenny do the cooking. They have her friends model. They have Kenny's stoner burnout friends do music and car- parking cars. Her kids are, are running around um, uh, serving uh, past apps and stuff. And... During the middle of this fashion show where we see all these fashions that Sue Ellen came up with and got executed and like the, it's a, it's a success. Okay. We see (laughs) what happens is two things happen. First, Brian shows up. Now they broke up because he said that she's like super, super, she, he goes, she goes, you want to know everything about me? He's like, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't like want to know everything about you if you would tell me more. And like, but they end up breaking up. And I think I'm um, to understand from the, from the conversation, from the scene is that he tells her that she won't, he won't, she won't tell him much about what she's doing because she can't, because she's like lying about who she is at work. So she can't like bring me work or talk about, she doesn't want to talk about work. And then he talks about his sister, Carolyn, who is, and who he talks about is like having a hard time at work. And she's like, um, there's this like imposter, like mean person that's trying to, you know, basically she's telling it from her side, which is like, there's this person that's like on her back and he's been talking to Swellen about it and Swellen realizes who she is, but they end up breaking up. They don't really see each other. Although she did almost see him at the office cause he came, he would always bring, um, Kalenberger to, to his sister. And so... And he'd be pouring his heart out about Swell. So anyway, um, he shows up with the clown burger car. And like, is like, um, Swell, then we can get back together, whatever it is. I'll get, I'll do it. Oh, you're having a party? Bro, you just drove past so many fucking cars. There are lights in the sky. Bitch, you knew there was a party. But fine, 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 fine. And the other thing that happens is her mom comes home. 
And her mom's reaction is just like, Swellen, I said no parties. Like, this is a... <laughs> it's not a gala, but it's like a very serious, like, industry party or fashion show. It's like... <laughs> like, this is not a kegger. <laughs> and like, she's like, I said no parties. Like, you, you, that's what you're worried about? Like, I would be like, who are these people? Why, how do you know these grown people? What's going on? By the way, Carolyn and, um, and, uh, David Duchovny try to be like, she's stolen all the money from the, um, from the petty cash. And they only know this because dumbass swell, because she's 17, was on the phone talking about it. And I think David Duchovny overheard her. It might've been Carolyn. No, I think it was David Duchovny. And so, <laughs> but. It's a great thing where it's revealed that the box is full of receipts because Carolyn, because Swell wrote like a receipt for everything, you know, you're like hammering receipts for everything, which um, in my reconciliation would not fly because who could have wrote that? Anyway, for like, <clears throat> you know, pool care and this and this stuff. So it turns out it's fine because you have a receipt for everything. But, you know, you know, at the end, Christina Applegate does this speech about how she's just a kid. She has to admit the rose that she's just a kid. And, you know, she deals with her mom in a way that's like, she's much more of an adult. Like, even when she goes, what happened to Walter? Swell goes, um, you know, he's fine. I have very good health coverage because she had health insurance. Uh, it's like a really fun movie. Um, I my fa Like I said, my favorite part is Sue Ellen. She is like such... A badass. Like, I don't think, I I think of myself as a confident person. I think of myself as a person that jumps into things very easily because, like I said, I grew up, um, my family was a military family and I would just have to show up places with nothing but, hi, my name is Princess, and like try to sink or swim. There were no choices, sink or swim. And so, like, I, I, I'm really good at jumping into things and not being shy about stuff like that. But I don't know that I could have done what she did. I really don't. I would have called like, is grandma alive? Like, I would, I, I would have called that. I mean, I might have fucked up the custody situation because I'm not taking care of these kids for the summer. Um, The guy who plays uh Kenny, like also by the end, like Kenny is like really into um, her friend, Nicole. And by the end, Nicole's back from Europe. Kenny's got a haircut. He's out here cooking shit. I mean, he's just really like, he's different. And I just thought it was so funny that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was so funny that at the end, he's like, oh yeah. Um, you know, hey, Nicole. And she's like, hey. Uh, it's played by a guy named Keith Coogan. And I guess he is... So Coogan's Law is based on, it's not his dad. I think it's his grandfather. Um, you know, that's that law about like how much money you have to put aside for, um, for um, um, child actors because like his mother and stepfather stole all his money or whatever. Um, like I already waxed poetically about Christina Applegate. I... Love Josh Charles. Love, love, love him. I didn't watch, um, I didn't watch, uh, what the fuck is, I just lost the name of the show. 
the good wife in real time. So I don't know if I was super surprised when Josh Charles died, but I was like, I missed him on the show. Um, who else? We got David Duchovny. Um, Joanna Cassidy has been in everything. She plays Rose. Joanna Cassidy, let me just like scroll down. Joanna Cassidy has been in shit since 1973, by the way. She was in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. She was in fucking Blade Runner. She was in Vampire in Brooklyn. Really? Huh. Um, I feel like I, no, I did not watch that recently. I watched Blade recently. That girl, those are two different, (laughs) different side of the track. (laughs) She was in, um, Larry the Cable Guy. (laughs) I mean, she's just like done a lot of shit. Oh, she was on Mission Impossible, Starchsky and Hutch, The Love Boat, Dallas, Trapper John, Charlie's Angels, Heart to Heart. Oh my goodness, she was on Lou Grant. Do you guys know what Lou Grant is? It's a spinoff from the Mary Tyler Moore show where Lou Grant goes off and does his thing. Falcon Crest. I don't know, she's like, it's just shit that goes on and on and on and on and on. Oh, she was in the Tommyknockers? LA Law, Murder She Wrote, Melrose Place. But she slapped someone on Melrose Place. Um, probably on Falcon Crest too. <laughs> Oh, she was on six weeks. She's, oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, she's fucking Brenda's mom. <laughs> I was like, she's on six feet under. <laughs> and then as soon as I said that, the face comes up with that blonde bob being like, come on, Brenda. <laughs> come on, Brenda. I know you fucked you up as a kid, but I don't know. Let's do some coke. It's fine. Like, <laughs> me and your dad have a threesome planned. Can we talk about Billy later? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she's like, oh, she was on In Plain Sight. You know, that's a one of it's it's the only show I've ever watched about the witness protection plan uh, program. Very good. Of course, she was on Desperate Housewives. Of course, she was Boston Legal. She's on fucking Heroes. Bones. <laughs> oh wow, wow. I mean, she's still. She was on Leverage. For, you guys, you know what Leverage is? It's a show, TNT show where this group of criminals get together to like right wrongs. They're basically the A-team, except they do things like hacking into people's computers and like cat burglar outside their window. Anyway, and they fight the insurance companies and stuff. But they did a reboot or a remake or a revival and it's called Leverage Redemption. And I was such a big fan of Leverage, I could not get through anything on Leverage Redemption. Oh, she was on Younger... NCIS. Yeah, she's been on every... Like, she's a fucking legend. Okay, so she was in the movie. I, I loved having her. Like, those... She says those scenes where... I'm right on top of that roast. Like, stuff like that. And the QED reports that... That's what people say when they run up to her. <laughs> I'm like... That's so fun for the person running up to her. I bet that shit gets old. <sighs> oh... Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I want to talk about the movie. I talked a lot about everything but the fucking movie, but this is, when I said I want to talk about Don't Tell Mama's Babysitter's Dead, this is the conversation I wanted to have. I did not want to go blow by bow in a fucking movie. I wanted to talk about the parts I loved. I wanted to talk about how I, how I came to it. I wanted to talk about how, where it stands in my life and stuff and how important it is to me and how much I love the people on it. Um, like the things I think about Danielle Harris as Melissa is really like Danielle Harris 
has the best years on Roseanne. The years that Danielle Harris is the neighbor next door who's trying to fuck David. <laughs> Sometimes she babysits DJ and they're like, um, don't let him watch wrestling. Or don't let him um, watch WWE because then he wants to wrestle. <laughs> like, like when they go off to that concert and um, have those interactions with those boys and they come home and like she has to come home. Like Darlene did not want to go, but... They made her go out and have some fun, darling. I really fucking identify with darling. Um, go out and have some fun. Stop laying on the couch. Put on some colors. And and she came home and and basically that girl had left her because she was out here like um, pussy popping. And so, that is such a great episode when Rose, Roseanne's like a piece of shit, guys. But when Rose, that speech Roseanne gives to Danielle Harris about how how um. Darlene's one of the only, the only thing she owns outright. I give that speech all the time. These kids and my husband are the only thing I own outright. Everything else got a fucking payment. And so when, when, um, she tells Darlene to leave the room and Darlene goes, cause she had lied. Danielle Harris's character had lied and said that, told her dad that she couldn't find her purse and she went back in. They got separated. Darlene goes, so Roseanne runs up there and is like, yeah, get out, Darlene. I'm going to talk to her. I'm going to. Mm-mm-mm. And Darlene's like, wait, I can't find my purse. That's so fucking fun. These are the best years of Roseanne. Like Roseanne takes a tumble. It really does take a tumble once um, a lot of things happen. And certainly after they won the lottery. No, 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 no. But some of the best years are after Darlene is hitting puberty and is like majorly depressed. And Becky ran off and like, dude. Dude, <laughs> but that's, I mean, she's been in everything. Wish Upon a Star, is it called? That's a great movie, guys. That's our, that's Katie Heigl at some of her best work. <laughs> so fucking good. What else has she been in? Maybe I've forgotten. I was about to say, Danielle Harris does not have a, a Wikipedia page. Oh, she looks so different now. Huh? You know what? I know you guys love it when I'm on here uh, Googling. But, I mean, you need to come on this ride with me, too. Danielle Harris. Oh, my gosh. She looks so different. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I mean, she's supposed to look different. She was a fucking child actor. Of course she's supposed to look different. She's got a great face, though. She did Chad Michael Murray. That's weird. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, Hold on one second. Um... Oh, she was in Halloween. Yeah, that's right. I don't. I didn't watch those movies. I'm not a big scary movie fan. Oh, I did see her in Urban Legend. I definitely saw that. Oh my God, she was in the Hatchet series. Hold on a second. That's not. That's that's like a scary movie thing. Oh, it's a scary. Movie. I was gonna say it's not based on a terrible book, is it? <laughs> that we all had to fucking read for no reason. She was definitely in the Last Boy Scout. I remember her hiding a gun in a puppet. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, she was in Free Willy. Hmm. She was Debbie Thornberry on the Wild Thornberries. Never knew that. Um. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I just want to scoot down to what she's been in. Um. Yeah, I guess she's been doing a lot of voice acting. Kid stuff that I don't necessarily know about, but she's been in, she's in a lot of like scary movies. Um, I don't watch those. 
She's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Hmm. Wow. All right. Okay. 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 You're still alive. You're still here. Oh, she's been on every single TV. Growing Pains. Boy Meets World. Of course she was on Boy Meets World. Of course. Of course. I literally don't remember her, but I can definitely see her face on that set. Oh, she was on The Commish. She was on ER and Charmed and Diagnosis Murder. <laughs> Cold Case. <laughs> oh, she was on Psych. She was on Bones and Robot Chicken. and Oh, see, I don't keep up with the Connors. I just, I, I don't want to do that. Like, Roseanne was such, the Roseannes, the Grace Under Fires, that, those, remember when comedians could just get a fucking sitcom? Um, those, I, I love those sitcoms, okay? But Roseanne holds a really special place in my heart. The writing was excellent. The writing was so fucking good. Um, and the Connors, for me, it feels like it's trying to get back something that you're never going to get back. You know, it's just not possible. So there's no point in it. Um, but I guess she, I guess they brought her back and that's good. And it's not going to watch it, but that was really fucking good. Anyway, I'm going to stop because I'm just fucking around the internet at this point. Guys, I've been talking about doing a Don't Tell Mom's Babysitter's Dead episode for a really long time. I hope this is up to your expectations. If not, that's fine. I failed you before. I'll probably fail you again. Stop having expectations about me. They're, it's always going to, you're always going to be really unhappy about it. Um, that's it. I'll see you guys next week. Later.